Hawk, electricity is humming. You hear it in the mountains and rivers. You see it dance among the seas and stars and glowing around the moon. But in these days, the glow is dying. What will be in the darkness that remains? The Truman brothers are both true men. They are your brothers and the others, the good ones who have been with you. Now the circle is almost complete. Watch and listen to the dream of time and space. It all comes out now, flowing like a river. That which is and not, Hawk, Laura is the one. Hello and welcome. I'm Douglas Bowles, and this is 42 Minutes, a weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day, a production of SyncBook Radio and distributed by thesyncbook.com. You can find our archives at 42minutes.com, and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at SyncBook. It's Tuesday, July 18th, and today we are unwrapping Twin Peaks with the hosts and producers of the show, Ben and Byron. Today, naturally, we're... Brian. Did I, did I say it wrong? Uh, it's Brian. It is Brian. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. All right. Everybody does that. It felt, it felt weird. That's why. That's that's why I did it, too. Even though I, I listen to you say your name every every week. With that in mind, let's let's start with part 10. What did you guys think? Wow, we just... <laughs> we, 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 we're just recording part 10 now, and uh, you and I have different feelings about it. Like, Brian, I think it's not your favorite one. And for me, it's, I think it's really funny. And I, it's not my favorite either, but I still loved it because how all the humor in it and yeah like Ben was saying it, it, it was probably my least favorite so far and I've loved all of them but from the last two to me this one felt just a little had a little extra fluff in there but the 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 parts that hit they hit good and it was still very entertaining and it still had to meet uh to sink our teeth into mm-hmm. overall it was good but I just thought some of the scenes could have we could have done without but uh overall uh we're still on track to see what's gonna happen remind me are you guys dougie haters are, are you okay with that storyline i'm not dougie hater i just want cooper to, the old cooper to come back so i'm not here i think Carmel walker is doing an incredible job as mr c Doug, dougie cooper and as Cooper, the very little we've seen of the actual Cooper. So I'm not sure what he's doing. I just like I waited 25 years for Kyle McLaughlin to play Bill Cooper again, and we we have him we have him full time now. We've got we've got the actor available for all, every every part, and so I would like it to come a little faster and get FBI agent Dale Cooper. But I'm not a hater, and I I love it. What is that? How's your feeling, Brian? Yeah, I I am enjoying the Dougie stuff. I'm enjoying the Mr. C stuff. But Ben and myself, we, we constantly have to remind ourselves, we are not getting Dougie. We are getting Mr. C. I mean, we're, we're getting Cooper. Oh, see, there's so many of them. So we, we are. This is really Cooper. We, we constantly forget this is not Dougie. This is Cooper living in someone else's life, life yeah. taking right. over. But it's physically Cooper. But this is like Cooper, so it's Cooper... Um, kind of reintroduced to the world for 25 years. He's been at a black lodge, and it's almost like he's a baby and he has to grow up again. He has to learn how to do things. He has to, he has to learn about sex. And yeah, he has to yeah. Learn about what he likes and he doesn't like. And yeah, and so I guess I admire that. I enjoy some of that, and I get a little, little taste of 
of the Cooper I once knew. I just, it's, I go back and forth. I'm enjoying it, but I, I just don't want the old Cooper back a little faster. I think this part was maybe a little, it, it was constructed fairly delicately. And so at, initially I was kind of like, ah, oh, nothing happened. But when you look back, there's, it's like this construction of darkness and light. It's like love, the, like the, I don't know, how, how do you say that? You know, so it's like these different couples in various states of, of their uh, relationship. Mm, that's true. Yep. But the other thing is, so I think I'm, pretty, I'm in pretty deep. And so as I explain what's going on, we were watching it with some friends. I realize I think things are starting to click into place and we can kind of see maybe, you know, what, where we're headed. Do you guys have a sense of what's coming now? Well, I, I, yes and no. I mean, every week I think, I mean, I don't think any of us expected an atomic bomb set in a different time period. <laughs> so you never know what's going to happen next. But I do, you're right, I do see like little connections and it's nice to see, oh, Anthony has a connection to Las Vegas, um, Todd there, and Todd is related to Mr. C and oh, they're going to they're gonna try and pull one over on the brothers. And so you start seeing they're all connected and I've been saying for weeks, I feel like we're getting closer and closer to spending more of our time at Twin Peaks. So I think as everything starts connecting, I think Big Showdown will be in Twin Peaks. And I'm really fascinated to see what happens with Laura Palmer and how she might play a part in it. Yeah, I do. I agree with that. Um, it, it's slowly, we're getting, we're getting those pieces together. And I really thought we were going to get some Laura-centric episodes. The titles are throwing me off. Right. Laura's the one. Laura's the one. I thought it was going to be a whole episode about Laura. Or something about Laura. Um, follow that orb and see what happened with that uh, Laura orb. The Laura orb, yeah. But yeah, I, I think with with David Lynch, it's so hard to put what he does into words. And at times, we have expectations, and he always does something even beyond my expectations. And I'm always surprised and in awe of what what, what they're doing. It's always been a surprise every week. Well, I, I'm wondering if it is it going to converge. So, 2.53 is this time, and then uh, the, in Twin Peaks, they're going to go to Jack Rabbit's Palace. But I'm wondering if if that time, because of the coordinates that the Zone.com put out there, it also feels like Mr. C, Dirty Cooper, is headed to South Dakota. I don't, I don't know if those two things are connected. I think the time is connected, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. I do feel like there might be these gateways. There's maybe there's different entrances into another world. And maybe Mr. C is going one way, and then the the the, the lost and the Twin Peaks uh, fan uh, community is going off and doing another mystery. But I think they're all maybe connected to another world. Yeah, and, and we know Lodge doesn't have time, or doesn't have time, so they could enter the Lodge at various places. And so that can be very interesting. They could all meet in a lodge from different locations. True. We, we, you know, we don't know. And we found out it is about the bunnies. <laughs> we didn't mention last week. That's right. Jack Rabbit? Jack Rabbit. It's about the bunnies. And is it about the bunnies? It is. <laughs> Bobby Briggs and Major Briggs had his make-believe thing that they used to do in place and uh yeah seems like it's about the bunnies yeah well so then do you think the doppelganger so like 
that's the interesting thing with with Dougie Cooper. You, I mean, it's it's truly Cooper. He came out of wherever he was at, and now he's he's trying to manifest his personality again. But everyone around him thinks it's this manufactured thing, Dougie. And because he's not acting like Cooper, we call him Dougie by default. Even though we know that's Cooper. Right. Yeah. It's Cooper's body. And when they, after they take his prints, they're going to find out that that's Cooper. Yeah. 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 And, you know, Brian mentioned this. I mean, I, would get, I do get frustrated because I, I keep saying, like, I feel like this quantum leap. This is not Sam leaping into somebody else or something like that. And, like, as we're talking, Brian, I get frustrated because it feels like, and I feel like the community sometimes is busy so much. It's like, okay, we do understand this is the real Cooper, not that. But I think you made a great point last week, Brian, that, like, could they find three prints? Could they find Mr. Steve's prints? Could they find <laughs> Dougie's prints? And could they find the actual Dale Cooper prints? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're going to have all three prints. But, because it's Dougie's prints that were found at the scene of the murder of, the, of Major Briggs's body. They found... Well, they found the ring, so right. I'm, you, I'm sure they would find prints print. on, on yeah. the wedding ring. Yeah, so it's interesting. So, But with that whole elaboration in mind, do you think that the doppelganger was controlling Bob? Or I mean, this is the interesting thing to me, this relationship of Bob and Mr. C and... And like he was in the mirror in the in the prison, and he said, "You'll you're still there, good, you know." But then, when he got shot by Ray, now it seems like like Bob is no longer in there, and like I think there was some speculation whether or not he was going to be a diminished character or not. I'm just really curious about. Do you have any thoughts about that? What's going on with Bob and Mister C? And yeah. And what is he after? I mean, it seems like it's the experiment that that's the thing. That's the goal of this. Like he is after that creature for some reason. I agree. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think John had an essay about the two Coopers being split. And like, this isn't a possession. This isn't like Bob possessing Leland. This was a whole different thing. This was a partnership where the doppelganger and Bob were kind of working together. And I know when we first heard that jail scene, we said, oh, good, you're still there. And it's like, of course he's still there. And like, but at the time, it was a weird thing. I kind of think, like, are you, is that something for the fans or the audience. watch audience yeah. here? But then you realize, oh, no. Uh, doing his own thing, and Bob technically doesn't have to be there for the doppelganger to still be doing things. So I think that's really interesting. And uh, what else do you want to say about that? That where's it? yeah, I mean Bob is sort of like he's thirsty, and I think he's someone that uh, he like he wanted to latch on to the Palmers, and he couldn't anymore. And this is his new victim, and he's not. I mean, it was a victim. It was a partnership. But no, I'm saying like uh, Cooper's his new victim oh, yeah. in a way, like. And yeah, he, and I think that Bob isn't supposed to be out this long. And if Burrow himself into something, he could. He could stay out as long as he wanted because he's thirsty for this. But um, and now, thing is, I'm, not, I'm not actually sure if Bob has left Mr. C's body. I'm not convinced though because the weird thing, we see him getting out, but it's not, I don't know, it's possible the woodsman put him back in. It's possible they were fixing him up. It's, it's hard to tell with that scene. I've watched it scene a few times, and it looked like Bob was being taken out. Yeah. But at the same time, they were repairing and fixing Mr. C, and I'm wondering if it's possible Bob is still with them. I don't, it's, I don't know. It's a question. Very vague. Right? Yeah. 
But I'm, I'm intrigued that Mr. C is still going. He's still a badass. He's still got a plan. And I, you see pieces of plan, but you don't see the whole picture. And you still want to, like, in this recent one with part 10, we really see is connected to the glass, I mean, the, to the glass box. And so is he, what does he want with this glass box? What is he trying to do? Yeah, uh, there's something with that, the, the experiment. It seems like this is what he's interested in. When he showed Daria the card and said, have you seen this before? You know this, and yes. I, I, and then that same that same um, illustration ends up on the uh, on the the note that Bobby produces out of right. The, Major brings his note, secret note there. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And so it seems like it seems like things are starting to click into place. I, I spoke, you know, uh, last week I did a show about the book. I'm wondering, what, how do you guys feel about the book? I, I'm pretty sure you both read it, but, you know, how do you reconcile it with the show, and, and can you? Sure. So The Secret History of Twin Peaks by Mark Frost, uh, we had an interview with him. We, we discussed it with Joel Bacco. And at first, you kind of think, like, well, first, there's so many discrepancies. There's so many, like, errors, or it comes off as errors. And then as over time, it seems like Mark Frost did this on purpose, that there's there's things that don't quite connect. But there is a lot of rich history that you do see that could connect to the series when you think about this whole uh, uh, atomic bomb. There's a whole history about uh, about Dougie and uh, all the other men that were they were involved with uh, the desert. And they, and they talk about a whole ritual in the desert. And it seems to me like they were trying to summon something. And I kind of connect that to this monster experiment. Maybe maybe the atomic bomb kind of opened the gateway to possibly letting the monster out, which I don't think the monster was able to get out. But it, I think it's fascinating that there's all this, int- the whole moon child that they, they were trying to bring the Antichrist. This is a you know, this is all part of the secret history of Twin Peaks that they talked about, this ritual in the desert. And so, I don't know, I see little things that could maybe enrich the show if you, if you check out the book. What do you think, Brian? I, no, I totally agree uh, with Ben. And I think, yeah, you read the book, and it gives you so much background to the new series. But Mark Frost did such a great job of making it his own but connecting it. But if you didn't read the book, it doesn't take away, or it doesn't do anything but add more to the lore and mythology. And there is, this, like, there's secret messages, like, there's the whole thing where you, you, if you look at the book and you do it a certain way, it comes up with gear yeah. that double. And, like, so it's like there's hidden messages. So we know Major Briggs is involved with putting the whole uh, dossier together. And he's he secretly trying to say, hey, I know. Uh, Mr. C is involved and he's evil and, and you kind of see that in the series, right? With working with, with Betty that he's getting messages. So yeah. I do feel like there's there's hidden messages in this book and then we're going to get to the final dossier in October that might make more sense of the book and the series and it might merge it better together. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's also interesting because this book, the book takes place after because Tammy is the one who puts the well, dossier if, together. If you're talking, this is interesting because it seems like the show was taking place in 2015. Yeah. And right, the book seems to be saying it's 2016, 2017. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was last summer. Yeah. Last summer. Yeah. So it's it's interesting how it all play out uh, with this series and the new book. So yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great book. And yeah, I mean, it's, Mark Potts said to us, it's not canon. I mean, none of it has to be canon, really. It's, no. it's, they're separate things. But yeah. it, it just enriches, I think, the series. Yeah, I think I got too wrapped up in 
the the date because because does Tammy have the this secret history of Twin Peaks the dossier in her possession as this case is unfolding because it doesn't seem like that is the case according you know because the dates don't match up but then the other thing is this revelation in the book about Cole coming to Twin Peaks with Jeffries you know it's like the heart of Blue Rose cases. It seems like there's something there where Cole mo knows more than what we get from the show. Like there's a, mm. you know what I'm saying there? That like he's more connected, and involved than than what we've ever realized. But which could be, yeah, true, yeah. Jeffries. I mean, do you think that's like a MacGuffin or something? Is there really going to, there's got to be some, I mean, everyone's talking to Philip Jeffries, whether or not it sounds like David Bowie or Southern accent or not. Who are they talking yeah. to? What's going on there? We, we, we were just talking about this on our show. What do you say, say that you thought it might be? Uh, so I, a part of me feels like it could be Albert. Um, I I don't know. I feel like someone, obviously we know it's not Jeffries because Mr. C says, this isn't you. You're, you're right. Yeah. But I was like, mm, I wonder if it's Albert or somebody close that might be leading him astray. I think it's that you would say Albert because Albert told Cole how he was the only, he had connections with Jeffries and didn't share that with Cole. So yeah. That's what he is. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Who knows what it is? But I mean, it's definitely isn't. It is Agent Jeffries. I still want to believe maybe somehow they'll bring Agent Jeffries into this, the real Agent Jeffries. I mean, unfortunately, Bowie passed away, and they said that they weren't able to film anything. But maybe secretly they, they did. did. Yeah, we have a list of, like, secret they, people. Yeah, you know, Heather Graham, David Bowie, yeah. for me, are the top two secret right. people. Harry Truman. Harry Truman. They're all going to show up in the last episode <laughs> somehow, some way. You're suggesting that maybe Albert is is double crossing what about the diane revelation that maybe she's she's working with mr c uh, on this plan so I, I think albert isn't double crossing but i think albert is working on the inside to manipulate mr c or almost say i'm on to you but i'm not going to tell you who i am like sort of leading like kind of giving him some fear that someone's onto him. And we were just talking about the Diane thing. I mean, Diane, I think, has a heart up for Cooper. I think they have a strong connection. And I think he's, I think she will definitely um, be on Cooper's side thick and thin, I think. Mm. I don't know. What about you, Ben? Yeah, Diane. It, it, I think she's being uh, she's being misled. I don't. It, it's tough, tough because we don't know. We don't have much. We don't know Diane. We've only seen the tape recorder, so we don't really know who she is. I was so surprised when you hear her swearing and telling everybody off because that's how, of course, I pictured Diane. But I think I want to believe she's good and maybe she's being misled. But I want to go back real quick to Agent Jeffries. I don't think it can be Albert Lemoyne to think about it because he says, I will be back with Bob soon. Do you remember that whole thing? Like, that's he shows in the message that, like, I will be back with Bob. So, that's true. I don't think that's, I don't think that's Jeffries. I don't think that's Albert. I, it's got to be somebody connected to the lodges, I guess, one of the spirits. Or Merle. 
when in Rome, ah, maybe, maybe when in Rome, or maybe, yeah, I, I wonder if Mike, the one on man there, has something more to do with this. Ooh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. It, it, it definitely, there's very full characters. I mean, it's funny, we only get little pieces of these characters, but they're very full-dimensional. They're, they're very more complex. Yeah. All right. Well, let's completely shift gears and let's talk about podcasting. So how long have you guys been doing your podcast? So it's just over two years. Yeah. I think it was June. We we did two years. Yeah. So we, we had our, uh, our second anniversary in June and um, yeah, we've been we enjoying through, it. We went through the whole series, we went through Ruby, we went through books and we went through a little bit of everything. And we went through most of Lynch's films. We saw a few. I think we have a short clip to do. So we'll probably pick that up after the series. Yep. And yeah. what what episode are you guys on these days? 112. 100 and, <laughs> and are you doing one every single week? Every week. We have never we have never missed a week. We have gone 112 weeks straight. I don't know how. <laughs> and then do you guys have a home studio that you record this in because you don't do this I, I heard that you live in different cities but you actually record the show in the same city is that true yeah so i mean i, I brian lives in connecticut i live in massachusetts and i happen to work in connecticut so we have a location nearby that we both can meet at so it just what happens that we can yeah Meet up once a week. <laughs> yeah. And then was it the the announcement that the show was coming back that prompted you two years ago to start doing this? Or was it just, hey, let's start a podcast? It, I, I definitely think it, it being announced was was the push for us to do this. Brian's done podcasting for over six years or so, I said. 2009. 2009. And then Brian had never seen Twin Peaks. I knew that he had uh, the Blu-ray collection and I he was at uh, my birthday party, my boy's birthday party, and I said, Brian, you had, still haven't seen Twin Peaks. We should do a podcast and we can basically see through your eyes be able to talk about this being somebody who had never seen Twin Peaks before. And that's really how it kicked off. Yeah, Ben had it planned out. When I walked in that door for his party, it was like, Let's do a podcast. I have a name. Uh we're gonna do this. Like he had it he must have been up all night thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Is this your first festival, or? Yeah, for, for 25 years, literally 25 years, I've been wanting to go to the festival. The first, I got a letter from that that they were going to have a festival, and this was when New Line Cinema was doing Firewalk with me. So some people don't even consider it the first festival, but I consider it the first festival. I actually got a letter in the mail, and I was 17 years old. I was like, oh, I want to go, and my family would not let me go to this. So I think for a long time I wanted to go, but like life just gets in the way. So this is the first chance that I get to go to the festival. And we, we got to go to the Great Southern last year. Uh, ben and myself went to the Great Southern. It was sort of like the uh, warm-up to this year. And last year it was great because it was, you know, a couple-hour drive, and we had a great time. We met people we had on the show. Yeah. And We've made a lot of friends, and uh, we hope to see a lot of them at this festival this year. 
Yeah, I think it's... Well, then will you also be serving in your official capacities? Do you think you will be carrying handheld tape recorders and uh, grabbing interviews? Yes. Well, I, so I don't, I, don't know, I don't know if they want us to do interviews there. I think we will bring a recorder and we'll probably record our show there. Like, we'll actually be there that Sunday and be watching it where they film the exterior of the roadhouse. So that's really exciting to actually feel like you're part of Twin Peaks. And they will we'll talk with people about that episode. I don't know if we'll be doing any interviews. It's, it's a, we want to be sensitive to the guests. And I think we, you know, we'll make connections, and maybe at a later date we'll probably have them on the show. Okay, and so then how much, how much post-production work do you guys do on the show, and is is one person the editor? <laughs> uh, we laugh because it's it's a running joke. It's it, it's Ben, and Ben is the man. He's the crazy guy. Uh, we try to make it. We try to make it easy. I try to make it easy on Ben. We record. We try to do a quick edit and release it. But if that doesn't happen, because we only have a little bit of time in the studio to record. We have to uh, to Ben, and Ben goes home, and uh, he does his thing. And then I was actually up till five in the morning trying to edit. Like, yeah, like it, so it, there's two philosophies. I love Brian's philosophy is like, okay, it's basically live to tape almost, or it's, it's live to record it. And so we just try to make it live. But there's plenty of times where I take it, and if I really get a hold of it, I'll get every um out, and I'll try to really clean it up. So I'll spend hours. The show could be an hour long, and I'm sure I spend six hours trying to edit it to be clean and tighten up. And I and it's creative, too, because then I can add sound bites and I can yeah. add all kinds of things. But it goes back and forth. I have a family, I have kids. It's hard sometimes. But if I had the time, I'd like to edit the heck out of it. And a lot of times we don't, though. We just try to do the best we can and get it out there. Yeah. If we, if we want to meet our week goal, every week goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm certain Terry Gross, that's... The things sound a certain way on the radio because they just some of the awkwardness is just kind of removed. Where there's <laughs> there's these words we say that don't convey anything, but they're part of people's speech patterns, and they're easy, <clears throat> you know they're just easy enough to uh, to slice out. But of course, it it if you have an hour show, it, it you go over it like a, with a fine tooth comb to to clean it all up. And then what about, I mean, in two years, this is, this is fabulous. It, it seems like you've really accumulated a big audience in the, in the, in the, since the show is, has started. Do, what, what are your, what are your sense? How, how, how are you guys doing? Yeah, it's, it's really, it's really exciting. I remember when, when maybe the first week or two, or maybe it was, probably was the first week, it's me feel like us in the charts. But we had this goal of being in the, the top 50 of, of TV and on iTunes. And I think we got to like 23 or something. We were, we were, even, we were even lower, but it was like somewhere around there. But yeah. to, be, to be considered all TV and film, to be under the top 50 was an amazing accomplishment. I think for us, that was really engaging how popular the show had been. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, and no, that was our goal. We hit our goal. And um, I think it's just the feedback. We have people who have been emailing us since the beginning mm -hmm. who still email us today about our show, about Twin Peaks. And um, every time they get an email or a message on Facebook or we get something on Twitter or anything, 
I think that's what keeps us going. It's the community is so great. They're so welcoming. And uh, this community has just been amazing to us. And um, we've got to meet amazing people. So it's yeah. just been um, a give and take. It's been great. Right, and I second that. It really is about the community. Our show is really about the community. I mean, I said this. I feel like I'm a producer. I feel like this is not my show. If John Thorne comes on the show or Joel Bronco or anybody else of our guests come on the show, it's their show. And yeah. I really like, I want them to take over. I want them to share whatever their thoughts are. And I feel like we try to, you know, get feedback and, and share that. And we try different ways to make it the community show. So that's what I think I do love about it, getting all that feedback and just being a part of the community. Yep. And then do you guys always have an interview guest or is that just something... And then when you do that, how do you conduct that? Do you? Uh, I'm, I'm just curious about how you record it. Yeah. So I mean, when we first started off, we just we were just doing the the, the episodes, and then I, I can't remember if it was like episode seven or something. Right. I think Brad Dukes it was that we had him on, and we saw that people really enjoyed having the guests. So I think we try to have a guest every week, but. A lot of times we try to do, like, we're doing these parts. Most of the time we're talking, doing our parts by ourselves. Where we're just talking about each part. And then we, after the step, we're done discussing that, we have a guest on a lot of times. So, yeah, I mean, we, we're just having a show for part 10 where we're going to have John Neff on the show. And John Neff was involved with, with the music at the end of the show there, uh, No Stars. And so it was great to be able to connect, have somebody on who's kind of connected to the show and just talk with them. So. Yeah, it's a big part of the show. Anyway, did you, you also mentioned how we record that, or did you want to go into the technical? Or Sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can give. Uh, well, I mean, we have been blessed and lucky enough to utilize a little uh, public access, and we have a studio and a soundboard, and uh, we, we do come across the technical difficulties, but, you know, just the old cell phone plug-in, to the board, and um, we're trying to do things differently when we can't be here. Yeah. So we're learning as well. And I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think we have one of our friend, other friends' podcasts that have come up with clever ways, and even like first Skype, yeah. and there's other ways to do it. And it's always tricky because our guests don't always have the same technology. In a perfect world, we would do everything through the computer, but you know, some people don't have computer headsets and they can't figure it out. And so a lot of times we just do things by phone. Yeah. And it's like, I, we know that sounds could be so much better through the computer, yeah. but it's like we want to make it easy for our guests. And basically a lot of times it's just easier for them to either call us or we to call them. Yeah. Well, I think you guys are, so you have to call your inter, this week's interview in three minutes. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so who would you think is the booking agent of the two of you guys? <laughs> that would be Ben. Yeah. And then how, tell me about your pitch and how have you refined your pitch over the course of two years? And, and then, you know, what is it like when people respond to you? Like, that's always the strangest thing where you cast out this idea, Hey, what would you think about doing this? And then some people don't re respond to it at all and some people say no and some people say yeah this sounds fun yeah it's really crazy in some ways i mean so just first to start off with the like, part of the reason i got the guests on was 
originally, you know, Brian, you were still new to Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. So you might not know there was a, a group called Coop who were trying to save Twin Peaks. And so I knew that there was this group, and I had to reach out to them because that, that would be something that we could share on the show. So I think that's part of the reason I started. I think that's something you could do and, mm-hmm. and you might do. Uh, yeah, I have. I just sometimes Brian says a guest too, because then I reach out to the guest and they're not responding, they're not responding, and I think, okay, Brian, I'm going to give up. And then Brian takes over and he pitches it and, and you get the guest. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's what we have to do. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever, I, don't, I still don't know if I do the best pitch. I think a lot of times it's just kind of like, hey, you know, we're interested in talking to you. I think the most important thing is sometimes to say, hey, not only do not only do we want to talk about Twin Peaks, but we'd love to talk about anything else that you want to share. Are you are you working on some other writing? Are you working on other acting gigs or whatever? You just open it up to say, hey, we appreciate your time. I know there's other things you guys are interested in. You're welcome to share that on the show too. And a lot of times we keep it all in. I, I never know if our audience <laughs> enjoys hearing all that stuff, but I think it's important to get a full picture of the guests and what they're doing. So that's a big part. But it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, there's plenty of times where, you know, we don't get guests, but we keep trying, and I, I think we just go through a list. I mean, IMDb helps out a lot. I mean, if, if you're a pro member, you can actually get a lot of the agent's phone numbers, and that's one way is to reach out to their agent. And sometimes that works, and sometimes that doesn't. And then there's other ways. You just got to find the right opening and right connection sometimes, and it's, it is all about timing sometimes. I don't even know if I should share this story. I'm, I look at Brian's sickness. You don't know what to say. I know you're saying. You know, I don't know what to say. I can say that there's a few people that I've reached out to. You don't know what to say. He's laughing at you. You don't know what to say. I've actually done things where it was through eBay. Where I was, oh, you did that? Okay. Yeah, I knew it. Anyway, I've just done things with eBay where, you know, you buy something or something, and that you have to have a conversation to be able to purchase certain things. And that might be able to start a way of being like, hey, uh, so you're selling this stuff. Would you ever want to talk about that on the show? <laughs> Ben's very good. Ben's very good like that. Wow. Yeah. No, I didn't even, I've never gone to eBay for a guest. <laughs> All right. Well, it's, I think you guys have five minutes. I'll, uh, I'll let you go. It's well, been, thank you, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll do my outro and after you guys are gone, but yeah, thanks. Um, I, I've been really enjoying your show. It's one of the ones that I always listen to. There's a, there's a lot of oh, no, yeah, there's lots of good Twin Peaks podcasts out there, but yours is one that, that I've stuck with the whole time. So keep up the, keep up the good work. Thank you so much. I started listening to your show because I know you had friends of the show on. I think you had the bedroom on. It was another show that you did as well that I thought was really cool. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, you guys. Yeah. And I'm sorry for all the technical issues. It's too bad. We experience it every week. We've had them ourselves. It happens. Yeah. We tried to call Japan once, and that was horrible. (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, you guys have a good night. You take care. All right, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was 42 Minutes. You've been listening to Ben and Brian from Twin Peaks Unwrapped on 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and the SyncBook.com. We will definitely link to their show in iTunes and on their website. For more information about the SyncBook, our guests are to check out past, past shows, check out thesyncbook.com. Something interesting that's a new development for us is that 
For the remainder of 2017, we've decided to make the entire archive free. And that's perfect timing because, as you all probably know, I take the entire month of August off from new shows. But I have lots of great shows lined up for September. So this is just to let you know that you have lots to explore in my absence. But I have lots of great shows coming up as well. So enjoy your Twin Peaks. We have the other Mark Frost book club book coming up in the fall. And then we're going to start something new that we're going to call the Synchronicity Symposium, where a group of us will take on a synchronicity topic. We're going to start with Jung's essay on, on the matter, and but we'll have a roundtable discussion regarding regarding some synchronicity point. So that, that should be fun. And then I also have some rabbits up my sleeve, as always. So uh, enjoy your summer. Thanks so much. And Beverly, would you like to have dinner with me? Come and move that in my direction. So thankful for that. It's such a blessing, yeah. Turn every situation into heaven, yeah. Oh, you are. My sunrise on the darkest day Got me feeling some kind of way Make me wanna savor every moment Slowly, slowly You fit me, tell me, love how you put it on Got the only key, know how to turn it on The way you nibble on my ear, the only words I wanna hear Baby, take it slow so we oh, can last long tú, tú eres el imán y yo soy el metal Me voy acercando y voy armando el plan Solo con pensarlo se acelera el pulso Oh yeah, ya, ya me está gustando más de lo normal Todos mis sentidos van pidiendo más Esto hay que tomarlo sin ningún apuro Despacito Quiero respirar tu cuello despacito Deja que te diga cosas al oído Para que te pierdas si no estás conmigo Despacito Quiero desnudarte a besos despacito Firmo en las paredes de tu laberinto Hacer de tu cuerpo todo un manuscrito Suave, suavecito Nos vamos pegando poquito a poquito Y es que esa belleza es un rompecabezas Pero para montarlo aquí tengo la pieza oh yeah. Despacito Quiero respirar tu cuello despacito Deja que te diga cosas al oído Para que te pierdas si no estás conmigo Despacito Quiero desnudarte a besos despacito Firmo en las paredes de tu laberinto de tu cuerpo todo un manuscrito. Sube, 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 sube. Quiero ver bailar tu pelo.
despacito. This is how we do it down in Puerto Rico. I just wanna hear you screaming, ay bendito. I can go forever cuando esté contigo. Pasito a pasito, suave, suavecito. Nos vamos pegando poquito a poquito. A provocar tus gritos. Y que olvides tu apellido. Despacito.